Hi, welcome to Diversity in the I'm your host, Anna. And that's my co-host. And today we're going to start you off with the Robinson Family Murders. The Robinson Family Murders. Richard Robinson was a successful advertising executive who often dealt with investors. His wife, Shirley, was a homemaker, and together with their four children, they lived in Lathrop Village in Detroit. According to Up North Live in June 1968, entire family planned to spend the entire summer season in their cabin at Blessing Wood Resort in Goodhart. The home was the home was in a secluded spot surrounded by trees, and it was an ideal spot for rest and relaxation. After the Robinsons arrived at their cabin. The patriarch. The patriarch visit the caretaker Monty Monty Bliss to offer his condolence and pay his respect to the family, as his son had just died in a motorcycle accident, as noted by history by day. During the visit, Richard also told caretaker that that he and his family would be heading to Florida and they would be back to the cabinet in July. No one saw the Robinsons in the following weeks, but it was was suspected since Richard said that they would be away for a few weeks. It wasn't until the neighbors noticed the, the foul smell that the cabin was Inspected. Sorry, y'all. My glasses fogged up. It's hot in here. A woman who resided near the Rob- near the Robinsons complained about a foul odor coming from the residence via Michigan's other side. The caretaker Monty Bliss went to the Robinsons' cabinet, thinking the smell was coming from a dead animal, only to discover the lifeless bodies of members of the Robinsons' family. Authorities were called to the scene, and they determined. The identities of the deceased, husband and wife, Richard, 42, Shirley, 40, their sons, Richie, 19, Gary, 16, and Randall, 12, and their only daughter, Susan, 7. As reported by Michigan Live, the victims had gunshot wounds and were bludgeoned, most likely with a hammer that was found at the scene. The murders of the entire Robinson family shook the community and... Sorry. And um, in the town of Goodhart. And a brutal and a brutal event that took place there became a subject of the headlines everywhere. In the summer of nineteen sixty eight, the little town of Goodhart, Michigan, was shocked to learn of gruesome murders of the Tyler Robinson's family in their vacation home situated near Lake Michigan. Authorities were called to Robinson's cabinet on July 22nd, 1968. Upon their arrival, they found the doors locked and they gained and they gained entry into the home using the caretaker's keys. They found a window shattered, and each member of the Robinson family was found deceased in different rooms. It was also observed that the bodies were badly decomposed per 
her history by day. Richard and his daughter Susan both suffered gunshot wounds and trauma to their heads after being hit by a hammer, while the other members of the family only had gunshot wounds. The bodies were examined and according to the pathologist, I hate that type of word, the Robinsons were killed sometime on June 25th which was about a month before their bodies were discovered. As reported by Sword and Scale, the length of time coupled with the summer heat resulted in advanced decomposition of the bodies, which prevented the examiners from determining the full instant of the Robinson's injuries. It was difficult to determine the motive for the murders, as those who knew the Robinson said they had no known enemies and were loving towards each other. The children were said to be polite and did and did well in school. No one had any idea why someone would kill an entire family in such a gruesome manner. Investigators looked into Richard Robinson's business dealings as as via Michigan's other side. He owned a magazine titled and 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 priest in ah, those words, and and he interacted with many individuals. Investigators had a hunch that the murders maybe have something to do with business. Investigators led authorities to learn that Richard may have engaged in a under-the-table deals that could have urged to have angered his. Who have angered his clients. However, one one person stood out for detectives during their investigation. Per swore the skills, Joseph Sclorado was Richard's employee and had and he had played and he was placed in charge of the business while Richard was on vacation. It was also discovered that Sclorado had been embezzling money from the business while Richard was away. As detectives looked deeper into Joseph Squano III, they found out that on the day of Robinson's of the Robinson's murder, Squano and Richard had been in contact with each other 17 times per phone records attained. As noticed by my American assessment Oh, God, why do they have all of that stuff right there? That's just in the way I'm not going to talk about that. It is assumed that it is assumed that the calls were about business, missing funds. Based on the investigation, the Robinsons were killed with a 22 caliber rifle and a 22 caliber Beretta. Detectives found out that Serrano purchased a 25 caliber Beretta, Berettas, two 25 caliber Berettas, one of which gave to Richard. Ronald's Beretta was collected and tested, but it was ruled out of the murder weapon. Robinson's Beretta, however, was missing and couldn't be tested. According to Up North Live, Ronald's alibi at the time of the murders couldn't be confirmed, and he failed two lie detector tests. The third test came out inconclusive. A a bloody shoe print was 
also found at the scene, and it was found to be a perfect match to Squano's boots. Although Squano's boots were brand new, investigators found out that he was known to be typically to was known to typically purchase two of the same items. That led them to believe that the other pair was the one used during Robinson's murder. In December 1969, more than a year after the Robinson's murders, investigated investigators presented their case to the prosecutors in hope of charging Joseph Scarano III for the crimes. However, according to History by Day, the, the, the county's prosecutor refused to do so since all the pieces of evidence presented were circumstantial. There was not one piece of evidence that conclusively pointed to Squano as the murderer, and the case will go cold. After four years, a new prosecutor was elected, and the Robinson's case was reopened. The time was new prosecutor agreed to charge Serrano, but it was too late. Before a before a warrant was issued, he was found deceased in his office of an apparent suicide. Suicide note was left, and in it, Serrano wrote that he was a liar and a cheat, but insisted that he was innocent when it came to the Robinson's murder. Although investigators had other suspects, they strongly believe Scalarano was the murderer. As a result of his suicide, the case couldn't officially be closed and it remains catalyzed as an unsolved and inactive to this day. That's crazy. For a whole family to be murdered like that and then the main suspect to commit suicide, that's just not good. It always goes to that. It always goes to that business. It always goes to those business partners and things of that nature. Just greedy people. Yeah, well, well, if he embezzling money, then you know he's capable of doing it. Yeah. So next, I'm going to kick off on a little bit of news. Uh, Insta rapper Twenty Four Leak. Insta rapper 24 Leak allegedly tried to bring a gun with a Glock switch into a Detroit club over the weekend. According to a court filing, 24 Leak, whose real name is Malik Taylor, was trying to enter Truth Nightclub on Detroit's east side while concealing a pistol equipped with a switch in an extended magazine around 1 a.m. Sunday. Glock switches convert ordinarily as semi-automatic pistols into fully automatic machine guns. Switching an extended then the magazine around 1 a.m. Sunday when police arrived at the club, one of the officers recognized Taylor because he is allegedly a member of a violent street gang, Cash Gang. Never even heard of that, but okay. Have you? Oh. Taylor was extremely intoxicated, according to the court filing, and allegedly resisted arrest. While handcuffed, he allegedly got out of a police vehicle and tried to run away. August 30, 30th, days before his arrest, police say Taylor was seen in a YouTube music video holding the same pistol and Glock switch. In that video, he allegedly said the feds are on him and that we might have to sweep the cops while pointing the gun at the camera. In another video posted earlier this summer, authorities say Taylor rapped about adding a switch to make a gun shoot faster. 
Taylor, who was a felon after a 2019 conviction for ordering and publishing possession of counterfeit notes, is now facing a felon in possession of a firearm charge. I don't see why people who... I'm just going to tell y'all some real crap, man. That is exactly what... That, that's going to be a federal... A switch is going to be a federal offense anywhere. They're trying to ban those things. That's going to be automatically fair time. That's 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 against the law. It is breaking the law. It should be. It's no handgun should be converted into a semi to a fully automatic rifle. That's a handgun with a extended clip that will shoot like an AK. Switches they giving everybody they giving you up to. They giving you mother. From everywhere from 10 to 15 years on up for those things. I just don't understand how people who are trying to pursue rap careers always throw it away by doing dumb shit. I mean, they got to think smart. I'll tell you off the record after that about. Okay. Now, we're going on to a Dearborn carjacking. Two men have been charged in the carjacking attempt and fatal shooting of a victim walking to his car at a strip mall in Dearborn on September 19th. Lindsay Thurman, 27, from Detroit, and Quentin Gostin, 29, of Melvindale, have been charged with the crime that killed a 29-year-old Dearborn Heights man, Hassan Salami, was walking through the parking lot off Ford Road with his soon-to-be fiancé when the suspects pulled up and shot him three times. His girlfriend was not injured. His necklace and keys to his Mercedes G-Wagon were stolen. What Dearborn police called a random act of violence. Salami managed Lama's Horus, a 30-year family business. When police arrived to the strip mall in the 16350 block of Ford Road, officers found Salami laying on the ground. Life-saving measures were taken at the scene by medics. He was transported to a local hospital where he was pronounced deceased. An investigation by the Dearborn Police Department resulted in the arrest of the defendants. Thurman and Gaston have been charged with felony murder and first-degree murder. They arraigned and remanded to jail Friday afternoon before Ju- Judge Mark Somers in 19th District Court in Dearborn. So people are back to carjacking cars? The way that sounds, that only sounds like no random act. It sounds like somebody knew him to this because, you know, normal carjacking, they get you when you're in your car. For them to just walk up and just shoot him that many times, that was somebody that knew he was a person with money or something and no because you know come that's not a running carjacking carjacking is when you do when you You're when in you the car, yeah somebody you up, right like, some GTA yeah stuff. like <laughs> so that's 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 wasn't random that i mean that wasn't random that was something that was plotted out obviously rest in peace to him yeah not so bad for his fiance yeah man i have to see that witness that that's crazy Get up and get it yourself, damn it. Right. Stop being lazy. Lazy son of us guns. Next door I love. A toddler and her pets. A toddler who wandered away from her family home was found sleeping in the woods with her family pets, serving as her pillow and protector. According to the Associated Press, the two-year-old girl was discovered missing from a home in Minamini County around 8 p.m. Wednesday. A search for the child began involving drones and police dogs while also util- utilizing local police and citizens to comb through the wooded areas around the home. 
About four hours after the search began, Tyler was discovered in the woods, roughly three miles away from her home. She lay down and used one of the dogs as a pillow, and the other dog lay next, right next to her to keep her safe. Lieutenant Mark Giannuzio said Thursday, it's a really remarkable story. The dogs had followed the girls out into the woods and appeared to have stayed with her entire journey. The trio was discovered by a citizen who was using an AT- ATV to navigate the woods. The girls were examined by medical personnel and was reportedly in good health. Alex Lewis Marsh, 20 of Midland, is being held in the Midland County Jail without bond after being charged with... Oh, this is a whole new story, sorry. <laughs> the little girl was reported in good health. But that's good. That's... That's good. Them, them pets. Them pets. They they protect them baby babies. That's one thing. That's one thing. And I'm so happy that that baby was good. And shout out to them. Shout out to them dogs. For yeah. being out there. They like, yep. You are owner. We ain't gonna let you. They smart. If you understand. Them, them pets smarter than the average human. Hey, I take my dog to work with me. He's a little teacup chihuahua. His name is Big Beach. And he protects me all the time. All the time. He won't let anybody come near my car. He's old. He don't have much teeth. But he barks and scares them away. So he does the job. Jeez, <laughs> Shout out to Big Beach. <laughs> Next is Alex, Alex Marsh. Alex Lewis Marsh. 20 of Midland is being held in the Midland County Jail without bond after being charged with open murder and killing the killing of his infant daughter. Marsh, Marsh is charged with the death of six-month-old Scarlett Marie Marsh, who police believe was killed May 17th by a investigation, according to Midland County Prosecutor J.D. Brooks. Marsh stood mute Friday as he was arraigned in Midland 75th District Court before Judge Michael Carpenter. March is scheduled for a probable cause hearing at 1 p.m. May 31st in 75th District Court. He's set for a preliminary exam at 3 p.m. June 7th. The crazy thing about this is they say that this guy killed his daughter because he was trying to play a video game and she wouldn't stop acting up. She's only a little baby. Put his ass up under the jail, baby. Yeah. Next case is DNA evidence solves cases. A 52-year-old Kansas man has been charged in two separate 1990s cold case killings. Authorities believe he is likely tied to other unsolved homicides in Kansas City throughout the region. According to court documents in the chief of the Kansas City, Kansas Police Department, Gary Dion Davis Sr., who previously worked as a long-haul trucker, was charged by the Wanda County District Attorney's Office after DNA evidence from both crime scenes match D- Davis's DNA profile. According to court documents filed September 15th and obtained by CNN, Davis is charged with second-degree murder in both the 1996 killings of 43-year-old Pearl Davis, who was also known as Samima Muthawar, and the 1998 killing of Christina King, who was 26. Authorities said autopsies determined the case was of death and both deaths to be homicides. And items recovered from the crime scenes were sent to the Kansas Bureau of Investigation for testing. Wyandotte County District Attorney Mark Dupree and Davis, Davis, Davis's body was discovered at a home and King was found dead in an abandoned building. DNA evidence from both murder scenes matched the known DNA profile of Gary Dion Davis, Dupree. Gary Dion Davis has been charged with two counts of murder in the second degree for the murder of Christina King and Pearl Davis. Davis is charged with felonies that 
If convicted, could carry a life sentence, and it's fine to set it $500,000 according to Dupree. So. Jesus Christ. These people fear God. Now we're going to go on to Tory Lanez. Earlier this week, Tory Lanez was officially transferred to a new prison in California. This is North Kern State Prison in Delano, which is about 120 miles from Los Angeles. Furthermore, this prison is said to be a very dangerous place. Due to recent inmates being murdered by fellow inmates, as of late, however, Tory will only be here temporarily until a fictional prison where he'll reside for almost 10 years is situated. Meanwhile, it appears that Tory Lanez is very much separated from the general population in this prison. According to TMZ, the Toronto rapper has been placed in administrative segregation due to him being a high-profile inmate. Moreover, Tory has his own cell and is strictly checked out by prison guards. Moreover, Tory is escorted to showers where he bathes by himself whenever he's allowed in the yard. He's also fenced off from other inmates in regards to his meals. They are also brought to him separately. When Tory leaves his cell in general, he's always in handcuffs. Tories was initially sentenced to 10 years in prison last month for shooting Megan the Stallion in 2020. He was convicted of three felony counts in December, which were negligent discharge of a firearm, assault with a semi-autic firearm, and carrying a loaded and unregistered firearm. Tory was denied his request for bond this week, and he is filling the sentence. Free Tory Lanez, man. That's some bull crap. Free Tory. My God. Okay, now do you want to do the... We ain't going to have enough. Yeah, we're only at 22. We're going to go to 30. And how long is this? It's not long. Look how spaced out of this. All right, so former NFL player Sergio Brown. Authorities in Illinois have declined to confirm whether former NFL player Sergio Brown is believed to be in Mexico after his mother was found dead in a creek behind her home. As of Friday, he was sharing videos on Instagram. Mystery erupted around Mr. Brown on Saturday after a concerned family member filed a missing person report for the 35-year-old New England Patriot alum and his mother, Myrtle Brown, 73. Myrtle was found dead less than 100 yards from her Maywood home the following day. Her death was ruled as a homicide as Cook County Medical Examiner's officers found injuries resulting of assault. The case took a bizarre turn as videos emerged from Instagram account linked to Mr. Brown, authorities had said that we're investigating of the post, and which a which a man identified as Mr. Brown claims he was kidnapped by the FBI and that his mother was on vacation. According to Forbes, Maywood police determined that one of the videos was recorded in Playa de Carmen, Mexico. But when reached by the independence, the 
the department said it had no new details to share. Speaking to Court TV, retired Pittsburgh Stiller, Charlie Charlie Batch said, what's happening with Mr. Brown is concerning. After watching a clip of Mr. Brown's alleged videos, Mr. Batch said, these are stories that that have no surprise that not surprise not surprise me because I've heard these before. Mr. Batch was was to well the mental health is so big and it's all bunched up. I hate that type of stuff. Mental health difficulties that too many football players face aims to transition after a step off of the field. Mr. Batch had long been advocated for the wellness of former football players. In a message to Mr. Brown, the former Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback said, you are not alone. These are services. There are services out here for you. A neighbor weighs in on Murder's Brown death. Carlos Cortez, a neighbor of Mr. Brown, told WBDM that he had given authorities a ring doorbell video in which Mr. Brown is allegedly seen burning his mother's clothes. The Maywood Police Department declined to comment on the allegations that reached out by the Independent. They they seen him taking out trash and they seen him having a bonfire where he burned all her clothes, Mr. Cortez said. Mr. Cortez also said the relatives told Mr. Brown he had not been acting like himself lately, but did not, but did not elaborate on what type of behavior had been given to the impression. They said he wasn't himself a few months, at the last few months. He was out on his, he was out of his mind. Mr. Cortez told the outlet, all these things, like this, Childhood friend Nick Brown speculates on the ex the ex NFL safety's current state. Bridget Howell chalked up chalked up Sergio Brown's recent behavior as due to previous football injuries. She told U.S. Sun, Sergio played football for a very long time and. He have concessive in he had concessive injuries that can cause all type of issues later in life. And this injury they didn't necessarily discover it until they do an autopsy, she said. However, the strange behavior recently have not been formally linked to previous injuries. Who was Myrtle Brown? Murder was an outstanding was an outstanding woman and was hoping and was hoping she she's in the right place and she's with God and ever said I never would have expected this in a million years. Nick Brown, Sergio's brother, described his mother as a strong, caring, delicate, fancy, and funny. The seventy-three-year-old woman, the seven, the seventy-three-year-old mother of Sergio Brown, was tragically found dead. In a creek near his home in Illinois suburb. Nick Brown posted heartful photos of his mother. Sergio's brother Nick 
has been posting tributes for in photos of his mother murdered on his social media. The 73-year-old was found in Illinois Creek near her home on Saturday. A coroner determined that her death was a homicide resulting of assault. On Sunday, Nick posted, thank you, everyone, for all of your outreach, help, love, and condolences. It is a sad but hopeful time. But hopeful time and we will get through this all together mom always told me sometimes don't last and our last conversation about sometimes being temporary is a beacon of hope on friday his post his posts he posts some pictures with his mother timeline of what happened to sergio brown's mother myrtle september 14 myrtle 73 was last seen by her sister September 16th, morning, worried family filed a missing, a missing person report for murder in Sergio. 16th, September afternoon, hours later, 73-year-old body was found dead in Illinois Creek, only 100 yards from her home. The coroner determined her death after the homicide resulting in assault. September 19th, Sergio being posted strange Beginning to post strange videos. September 20th, police believe one of the videos captured of a condo in Playa del Car Carmen, Mexico. That's just like, it just repeats the same thing. Like three different times. That's weird. That's wacky. And if he is somewhere, y'all need to get him and do something with him. So he needs help. They need to be locked the hell up. Yeah. He don't need to be around people. Anything you want to say before we end today? Yeah, I have a time. Shout out to y'all. Appreciate y'all. Keep doing your thing. Until next time. Love y'all. And I just wanted to say thank you to all our 